Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast about that time of life that tends to take us all by surprise. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. So first of all, welcome and thank you so much for coming on, Sean. Just tell me a little bit about what you do and yeah, a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, yeah. So thank you for having me on, Karen. It's a privilege to be on your podcast today. Uh, as we've both been networking and out and about this morning, it's lovely to make the time to uh, chat to each other. <laughs> yeah, so I am a registered counsellor and my business name is Open Arms Health. And what I do is I help women and our assist women reclaim their time, their voice, their values and vision. And in doing so, we create love, leadership and happiness throughout their lives. So it ties in beautifully with what I was saying and also with the whole uh, ethos of this podcast because it came about because of my struggles in midlife at not knowing the direction and everything like that. And I think an awful lot of women feel that way. They get to a certain point and it might not be menopause that does it. It's just like you get to a certain point in your life and you go, hang on, where have I gone? Where do I come into all this? Because we spent our lives looking after families or doing just a job and you you kind of realise that, no, it's time to reassess ourselves. And that's where you come in and help, is it? Exactly. That's right. So some women have may, maybe have had babies and they've been stay-at-home mothers and they're not sure. You know, some people use the word lost. I don't really like to use the word lost, but I know that's out in what, what people are hearing. Oh, I feel lost. What am I going to do now? But that's why I use the word reclaim. So we're reclaiming ourselves. We are that person before we, you know, before uh, people had children and things like that. Who were we? But we might be different now that we've had children and we've had life experiences and we've gone through grief or we've gone through trials and tribulations. And now we want to start something over. And, and that's where, yes, that's where I meet women and and we talk about what they really want out of life. Sometimes women are in a stressful situation and they really don't know which direction they want to go. And I help guide them through that. So that it, stressful situation, it, it can be as simple as where I was four years ago. What am I going to do with my life? You know, because I'd been the stay at home mum, and um, I just didn't know, you know, 10, 15 years out of the workforce and you're like, well, what can I do? Because I'm certainly not going to go in and start at the bottom of the ladder again because I've got all this experience, but I don't know what to do with it. So how do you help people overcome that? What do you do? So I, I do different modalities. As I said, I'm a registered counsellor and coach. And depending on the person that's sitting in front of me, I will use a therapy. I, I use the word modalities, but a lot of people would understand therapy, the people that are listening and watching. And person-centered is the number one. And that's really focusing on the person that's sitting right in front of me. And looking at the here and now, so being present with that person, completely and utterly present, not having that chitter-chatter in your mind. And that could be quite challenging for a lot of people. So, And there's a lot of women out there that don't have that person that's so present. And that's the gift that I give women is to be present and understand where they're going, what they're going through at the time. And let's just listen to their story and see, see what happens from there. I use a, a, a modality called timeline therapy, which is actually talks to their unconscious mind. So they close their eyes and we run through different emotions. So if they're feeling guilt, 
or fear or anxiety, or sometimes they're going through a depressed state. We work through those and they come out the other side with different learnings. It's really interesting you're talking about just being present with somebody because I know I started seeing a psychologist when I was depressed and just having somebody be present to me and knowing that person was present to me, I absolutely could not cope with it. I was just, I was in a basket case, just cry. I'd just burst out crying just because somebody was actually present. And then I'd get all embarrassed because I just, I felt so vulnerable just having somebody listen to me like that or be there and provide the space for me. That was really interesting. Do you get a lot of that or am I, am I just no. special? I like being No, special. you are special. <laughs> you are special, Karen, <laughs> and unique, which is fantastic. That's why I like you so much and it's great to have this conversation with you. But, you know, we as people, and I think not a lot of people are present. I know for me and my experience, why it brought me to what I do today is that there wasn't a lot of people that were actually completely present with me and I felt unheard. I felt that, okay, well, I know something, but no one's listening to what my needs actually are. So how can I create a business that this is what people need? Cause I know a lot of women out there need it. Men need it too. My partner is the same. He, he actually said that my biggest quality is me being present because he's never met a woman that is so present. You know, people are always on their phones or, you know, they were always somewhere else. I had a conversation with a, a, one of my friends yesterday, same thing. She wasn't present at all when we were even talking. She was on her phone, you know, things like that. So what I do is I'm very present in the moment like we are today and just going with the flow, understanding what their needs are. And, uh, and I just, as I said, I use different modalities, um, a variety of modalities. For instance, uh, the, um, the gestalt therapy, I think we discussed the last time we spoke. And that is basically if somebody is having problems communicating with somebody in their life, that gestalt therapy is basically an empty chair. And the empty chair is that person that they need to speak to. So I guide them through how they can speak to that person. You talk about the different modalities and that comes from being present to that person and seeing what they need, does it? Is that just like an intuitive thing? How do you decide in the moment? A very good question, Karen. Uh, well, yes, it's partly my women's intuition because uh, I have learned over the years and working with different people and I have worked with children in the past and just reading people and people's behavior, their, um, what their needs are in that moment. Also, I, as I said, I have studied counseling for over seven years. And I studied all these different modalities. So that's partly my background, is knowing different parts of um, therapy so I can use the techniques with people. So I can help each person individually. Which is a massive advantage because I don't like the idea of one, one thing fits all. One thing is suitable for all. It's like with diets, everybody's different. And so, and our bodies need different things. And it's got to be the same in psychology and and personal development too, yeah? 
totally, totally. I totally agree. That's why uh, when I first started this business, I went, well, we're all different. And I have a very cultural background, different background. I come from Canada originally, grew up in Canada, but I was born in Australia. And now I live back in Australia and my mother's Canadian. My father is British. So I, I understand different cultures and I've traveled the world. So my passion was to actually understand the person sitting in front of me. And when I understand that person sitting in front of me straight away, I lose, I use the therapy that just pops into my head. It's just a skill that I have learned over eight years. So going back to the gestalt therapy, how does that work for people? How does it work for people? So what do you mean by that exactly? So if you so you said there's an empty chair and you talk to the person that you need talking to, is that right? Yeah, so say if, uh, there, there's a lot of conflict out there, right, with, say, um, a family member. You Okay, let, let me give you an example. If there is a family member that you really need to speak to, for instance, your daughter, okay, and you don't really know how to go about speaking to her, you've said a lot of things to her, but it's just not getting anywhere and your, your relationship's not really where you want it to be. So what we do is we, it doesn't have to be an empty chair. It could be something on the wall or some, something, some object that is familiar to that person. So I, I go by what that person enjoys, for instance. So it could be um, a table. They could talk to a table. They could talk to something object in the room. And they, they basically talk to that object for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, just letting out what they really need to let out. So they're actually speaking up in session what they really need to say, which is actually practice for them to go out and speak to that person and build that relationship with that person. It's kind of like my experience with journaling. When I started journaling, it was just like all of this stuff came out in no particular order. And then finally I got enough stuff out to start to think and communicate clearly. It's, mm. it's I suppose in a relationship it's a similar kind of thing. Get all the rubbish out and then you can see what you want to say in the right order and in a way that's not accusatory and emotional and resentful and whatever other emotions come in. Is that how it works? Is that what it's, it's about? That's it. And it's just getting the emotions out so that you don't go straight head on. And a lot of people get defensive in relationships. Instead of getting defensive, I teach women a lot of effective communication. So uh, I spoke on another podcast yesterday about I statements. So I feel da 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 da. You know, I feel that this is not working for me. I need to do this. Instead of blaming the person. So you are not doing service to me, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? So that's sort of what I do for, well, that's what we work together. I work with women and I help them practice their different skills that they need to relearn. So it depends, as I said, it depends on the person sitting in front of me. Um, Effective communication could be for some. I had a client, I've had a client actually for three months and she's needed a lot of self-care and self-love. But when she first came to see me, she wanted an intimate relationship. But 
she was also stressed and anxious about her work. So we had to go first, her work situation, understand why she was stressed in her work situation, go through the different modalities for her, which I did the timeline therapy, which was talking to her unconscious mind to help her understand herself so she could communicate with people in her workplace. Whereas that's a ripple effect. If you can communicate with people in your workplace, then you can also communicate with people in your personal life. So then she could eventually find that intimate partner that she's always wanted. And communicating with other people, I, for me, a lot of it is about communicating with myself. Because as you're talking here, I'm thinking about, I've just started up a new business and I've got a list of things to do as long as your arm. And I can't think about anything else until that list is ticked off. But I also expel, expect myself to do probably 10 times the amount in one day that I'm actually capable of. So I put myself in this permanent, stressed out, not good enough, whatever state. And it, I said, what I'm hearing as well for myself and for people like me is it's a communication with self as well, because I, I just went, oh, that's what I'm doing. Right. I need to have a conversation about this and see why, why do I feel the need to do this? Mm. Um, so there's all sorts of things kind of fall out of a conversation that you don't think, like, like you're saying there, you don't think was expected. It was work. She wanted an intimate relationship, but it was work that I actually needed sorting out first. Exactly. Yeah. So that that is what I that's what I do ultimately. That people do come to me for different things, but really we have to work on self. <laughs> we have to work on them first before they can uh, really help do what they do in life. Just like you, what you just said, you're not good enough and you're always stressed. A lot of women I see that. A lot. So many people. It's taken me probably ten to fifteen years to be consistent with my life and my life balance in understanding that I don't have to do everything all the time. So that's why when women come to me, like you said, and you're like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and I can't go anywhere else until my priority list is done. But what I say to people and women in general is find out three tasks that you need to do through the day just three big ones and tick them off. Once you've done just those three throughout the day, then you can breathe, go for a walk, do a meditation, do something for yourself, and then get back into the next three. So kind of doing them in little chunks so you don't get overwhelmed. So I forgot where I was going to go now because I've gone off on, on my own little tangent. And the little tangent I went off on, you're probably going to find this hilarious, is what psychology is behind the choice of thing that you talk to in the gestalt therapy? It's like, it's, it's like, like who chooses a chair and who chooses a table and who chooses a picture? And my mind's going to back on that, aren't you? <laughs> like, it just keeps coming back into my reality. Yeah, right. Have you done gestalt therapy before? no okay yeah well as I said it, it depends on how much the conflict is for that person so right. I would ask them do you want to speak to a chair they have a choice do they want to speak to a chair do they want to speak to a desk what is going to be relatable to them it doesn't have to be either they could speak to thin air they could speak to me I could be the person 
but it's better if they speak to something that's not directed at me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It needs to be directed at an object rather than at a human being. So, and now getting back on track, in terms of finding that balance in your life, because I'm shocking, I just kind of told you just then, I've got my head down, doing stuff, I'm, I'm like my husband will say, do you want a cup of tea? I'm, can't even hear him. I'm completely out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. So it's a real effort for me to, to go, right, I've got to, I've really got to go out and do some exercise today. I've got to stop and eat. I've got to stop and actually get present with my husband or get present on the phone with my kids or get present in this conversation that we're having right now. It's a real effort for me to do that. I have it, It's almost a physical thing of getting hold of it and just going, stick it to one side yeah. while I do this. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I will, I can tell you right now what's happening with you. <laughs> and uh, and I've been, But I've been there, you know. Yeah. Women go in their heads as much as men do. So we're always in, we, we do go in our heads. If we're in work mode, it's always our heads. But we, we need to connect our heads to our hearts, right? And that's part of the reason of being present. Yeah, you might have to do something in five minutes time but that can wait just have it's it's really coming back into what's happening what am i aligned with who am i let's just take a deep breath and talk about what's going on for me at this stage and being you know connecting your as i said connecting your heart to your head and one Thing about what I do is meditation and a lot of people don't really understand meditation very well do you understand meditation and, uh, and what, I, I get the concept I'm not very good at it I yeah a lot of all asleep yeah a lot of people say they don't get it but what mind what mind it's mindfulness and meditation is just whatever is happening with you at the time whatever thoughts going on you grab that thought and you place it to one side okay I have that thought okay great I can worry about that later right now I need to refocus and be present oh I've got that thought catch that thought and then put it somewhere in your head of course and just go to where you are going where you are at this time so it it's practice it's, it's all about practice and balance is very hard for a lot of us I, I totally understand that because <laughs> I have been there and sometimes I'm guilty of doing it too. But uh, really it's, it is just being um, mindful of where you want to be in that present moment. Do you want to be with your husband right now or do you want to be working? So if you want to be working, then you just communicate with your husband, okay, I just want to do this one last thing and then I'll be completely there with you. And then he, it's basically acknowledging him that, yes, I'm going to be there for you, but, and I want to be present with you, but right now I just need to get something off in, on a piece of paper or something to actually be present with him or present with your children. Because I don't want to lose that. And I do find it so easy to get really caught up in, if you're setting something up online, there's like you do you think I've got one thing to do and then another 99 drop out of that one thing so you end up 
spending hours or days doing something that you thought would take you half an hour. And mm. and so it's very difficult to kind of get caught up in the ongoing. Well, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. So I was talking to somebody the other day and she was saying she waits until she's absolutely bursting to go to the toilet. Like, a lot of women do that. It's, you end up into the toilet because you're so bursting. You know, yeah. like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this. To the toilet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people do that because, oh gosh, I have to do this. Oh no. And they get in that fight or flight mode. That's fight or flight mode. That is okay. Uh, my, my brain is frozen. But I'm so focused on getting all this done, I can't go anywhere else. But really taking a deep breath and saying, it's going to be there in five minutes. It's going to be there in half an hour. It's going to be there the next day. So really, mindfulness is a part of it and practicing those techniques on yourself. And meditation is, is one of them. Uh, I do have a breathing exercise that I do with clients that really helps them ground themselves in that moment. So if they come into session and they're really stressed out because of work, you know, they just finished work and they come into session with me, I say, okay, well, let's just stop for a minute and do a two minute breathing exercise. And then they're calm. And then we can continue with the session. So you can do that on yourself as well. So what practices, so you were saying it took you, what, 10, 10 years to actually uh, find your balance? Yeah. 10 years. It took 10 years. It did take 10 years and a lot of reading and a lot of uh, study. I wouldn't say that everyone has to read and study. You just need to find out what works for you. And once I mean, there's heaps of apps out there, aren't there? Because I've got about half a dozen on my phone, the different meditation apps and, and journaling apps and those kind of things to help you get stuff off your chest and get present. Hmm. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. That's all right. But it's also being consistent with one thing. So that's what people fall back on is that they try all these different things and they go, oh, nothing's working for me. Why am I still stressed? It's because they're not consistent with one thing. Just choose one thing and do it for 30 days. And once you do it for 30 days, you'll just get in a habit of doing it every day. It's like writing a journal. Some people like to write journals, and I'm sure that you've done that in the past, and you probably still do. <laughs> um, write journals every day about what your thoughts are, just to get your thoughts out onto paper, and then you can move forward. What's really great, it's actually really cool that you say that it took you 10 years to really get the hang of it because people expect results right now. Well, I've been meditating for two days and I'm just as stressed as I was three days ago. Mm. But it's actually, it's a long haul. It's not a quick fix. It will make you feel different mm -hmm. as a quick fix, but it's that over the long period of time where it becomes a habit and, and everything else that you gain mastery of it. Exactly. Is that right? That's yeah. correct. And what I do, I, I don't expect one person I, I do have uh, repeat clients okay but I don't expect them to be my clients for life that's not my goal my goal is for them to get the learnings out of the sessions and then be able to take the tools that they've learned in session into their life and then move forward so they don't need my 
guidance anymore. They, they, you know, so that's, that's the goal. I wouldn't want somebody to be attached to the sessions every single week for the rest of their life because that's disempowering for them. They need to learn how to do things on their own consistently and, and move forward in their lives on their own. Do you have, is it, do you just do like one-on work with you, with, with you, with yourself? I couldn't think of what the right term was then. Do you just do one-on-one sessions or do you have programs that you can join? How do you work? So at the moment I'm doing one-on-one sessions and those are Zoom calls or uh, I do sessions in my home as well. And I'm starting to do some events because of all everything that's been going on with COVID. I haven't done an event since February. But I would like to be doing, and my goal this for next year is to be doing um, events for 10 women because they're more intimate and the women get to know each other. And it's just a little bit more private so people, the women can open up and be vulnerable because that's, that's another thing. A lot of women just don't know how to be vulnerable and, and say what's really on their mind. We've lost, that's one of the things that I really noticed. We've lost that sense of community and we've lost that um, that connection that gives us the experience of the older generation. So going into menopause, for example, I had no clue what to expect or what could possibly happen. And I didn't even know that my depression was a mix of um, not being able to exercise because I'd had an operation and the hormones just going bonkers in my brain and my body. Nobody mm-hmm. told me that. But that if I can let other women know that and know that there's nothing wrong and just take away that feeling of wrongness, that is, that's massive. And so the connection is so important. Talking to other women are um, I really struggle sometimes talking to my kids or my eldest as being a complete rat bag and whatever mm. it is, just yeah. hearing somebody else go, oh, yeah, same here. You know, they were a complete horror. Um, I did this and blah, blah, blah. We've got to start connecting and sharing that experience again because the having the nuclear families moving all across the world like we do now, we're isolated and that really needs to change. And that's what you're saying here too, isn't it? Yeah. And that's my ultimate goal is to have small groups with women just speaking up. The ones that really are going through the same experiences. And I actually know a lot of women that are in my network and community that are going through very similar situations. So the idea of bringing them all together and having a chat about it uh, is, is really actually warms my heart because I think that every woman needs it. Every man needs it too. I mean, I know there's a lot of men sheds out there that, that do that, but um, my ultimate goal is to bring more women together because we're better in, in tribes, I think, and, and connecting. Connection is such a huge thing for so many people. And because of what's been going on this year, I think it's even more important than it was. Because I know a lot of women, even you know, friends in Canada and overseas, they've sort of disconnected. And you don't realize that you're disconnecting. A lot of women don't even realize they're disconnecting. So no. I would know close. My goal so. next year is to bring a lot of women together and we can save the world together. 
totally. <laughs> but but the other I, the other thing is that I want to pass on information to the younger generation of women as well. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. my experience as a woman. I don't want them to. My daughter said to me a few weeks ago, and I've shared this a few times on the podcast now. Bless her. But she said to me a few weeks ago. She actually had no idea that your body changes permanently after childbirth because yeah. she's used to seeing all the photos on the internet of these superstars that look like they did 10 months ago, a few weeks after they, they've had the baby. And I'm like, yeah, this is not what happens, darling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very different. It's very different. A lot of other changes go on. And I don't, that was a real shock for her. And um, it's that kind of information, the old, the old networks of, of uh, women that looked after other women needs to come back because that's where we really are empowered and we really make the biggest difference and mm. really make yeah, changes in the world. A hundred percent. And it's also knowing that they're not alone in these, you know, when childbirth is happening that yes, somebody else has been through it too. And it's okay that you feel a little bit depressed or if, that you've lost yourself because first of all, you weren't a mother and now you're a mother and you're not the same. It's just not the same anymore. Things like that. Um, and that's, and that's why I'd love to bring women together and, and building their confidence, really knowing that when I, when we build each other's build each other up is when the real stuff happens. So I'm going to put up your contact details on the webpage that goes with this podcast. Do you do an initial chat before you talk to people? Or uh, Yeah, so what we do first is I do a 15-minute call. So I'll, I'll give you a link. I'll send you a link to put in there for a 15-minute complimentary call to see if we work, we're going to work well together. And then after that, we'll, we can go from there. That's fantastic. That was what I wanted to know. So that's cool. Sean, it's been an absolute joy. I love talking to you. Oh, thanks, Karen. I love being on your podcast. It was good. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you visit our website, middleagedwomenstuff.com, where you can subscribe to the show in any of the players or via RSS so you'll never miss a thing. If you liked this show, you might want to check out the webpage, which gives you lots more information about both our host and our guest, along with heaps of other resources. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for the next episode. And that's all for this episode. We can't wait to see you next time.